Hello. Welcome to the Podtendo podcast, where we analyze, reminisce, and replay the glory of old Nintendo games. We can be contacted on Twitter at Podtendo Podcast or email us at podtendo at gmail.com. I am your host, Mick, and I will be joined every episode by a special guest. This episode's guest is myself. I'm running solo on this first episode just to get things flowing, kind of talk about the idea, what the concept is, and then when other guests listen back on this, they'll have kind of a better idea of how they can add to the show. What makes this podcast different from other podcasts that we can find out there, the millions of other retro video game podcasts, is it's going to be a free-flowing discussion where we kind of delve into more of a detail-oriented a look at the old games we'll talk about the nostalgia factors kind of how we remember having these games come into our lives what makes them different you'll get to know me and my friends a little bit better what makes that different i don't know exactly i'm hoping that my charm and charisma just kind of shines through and win you guys' hearts over uh, in this first episode we'll be looking at the 1986 game metroid metroid was released in 1986 how long to beat says it will take about 8 hours to beat this game. The actual retail price when Metroid was released was $40. If we factor in inflation, it would cost $86.50 today. That's pretty steep when you look at it. I mean, what's a new game going to set you back? When Fallout 4 came out, it was $70, and I thought that was ridiculous. And that game is, like, it's unbeatable. I don't think you can complete it top to bottom. I mean, you can build a new character, you can play a different style, you can build up your little communities. It's just endless. So, I mean, yeah, like people complain about the games being expensive nowadays, but looking at that stat, it's kind of interesting, right? Like games were always very expensive. So like even in 86, if you were a kid, getting $40 from your parents would be ridiculous. Now, if you're one of those kids that had a factory-sealed copy still, you bought it, you stuck it in a box somewhere, you put it in a closet, your mom pulled it out one day and threw it up on eBay, we, I found one that goes for $400. You'd have to be a huge Metroid fan. Otherwise, I can't see that being worthwhile. But, I mean, I mean, I guess if you were trying to collect, like, the originals, you know, like your Super Mario Brothers, your Donkey Kongs, your Metroids, your Zeldas, kind of the big guys for Nintendo, I guess it could be worth it. But, I mean, there's loose cartridges that are in pretty good condition that go anywhere from 15 to $35. So that seems a lot more reasonable. And then, of course, you can always go to the Nintendo eShop. We're not sponsored by Nintendo. But I do encourage you, if you have a Wii U, a Wii, a 3DS, spend your 5 bucks. go buy the game. It's a lot of fun. Some of the development details of how Metroid came to be with us. Apparently, after this, the success of uh, Donkey Kong, Ice Climber, Super Mario Brothers, and the adventure game The Legend of Zelda, Nintendo began working on an action game. It was dubbed Metroid, which is a mixture of Metro and Android. Ridley Scott's Alien and H.R. Geiger's artwork played a big role in developing this game. And I believe they went and they looked at the, the 1979 movie Alien and saw Ellen Ripley was this very strong character, right? Like, she still ranks up there as one of the better female in, uh, characters out. I love it. It's terrifying. I actually... Alien is one of the... Or the Xenomorph, I guess you'd call them, is one of the is one of my greatest fears. I mean, I know it's irrational. I, I bought Alien Isolation, and after almost having a panic attack several times, I can't continue playing it. I played it for maybe twenty minutes. I just, I've just seen the Alien. I can't go near it. It haunts my dreams. This game, obviously, 
not as in depth as that, but you can see definitely the influence, whether it's the kind of the female lead or uh, just even the art style definitely comes from kind of those H.R. Uh, Geiger and Ridley Scott kind of feel to it. So we have to thank them for that. Nintendo, they wanted to create a non-linear experience that would be uh, that would make for unique gameplay. The game had players retrace their steps and scroll to the left, which was in most contemporary games of the time non-existent. It was considered one of the first games to impress a feeling of desperation and loneliness. Much like Zelda, players had to acquire items in order to aid in their progress. And you definitely see that. If I was to break this game down and you said, hey, what's Metroid like? It's, I would tell people, you explore, you collect an item, and you explore. Sometimes you find a new item that actually opens up a new area for you. Super simple. It's exploration. Uh, it highlighted, it's highlighted greater probably in that kind of that Super Metroid, uh, that Castlevania Symphony of the Night, both really good games. And they kind of have that castle or that Metroidvania, I believe is what it's called. Uh, it's just get items and explore. Super fun. Uh, that's really all I have in kind of that terms of development. Let's dive into the actual game itself now. And we'll start with the story of Metroid. Space pirates attack a Galactic Federation-owned space vessel and seize samples of Metroid creatures, dangerous floating organisms. Metroid can latch onto any organism and drain its life energy to kill it. The space pirates plan to replicate Metroids by exposing them to beta rays and then using them as biological weapons to destroy all the living beings that oppose them. While searching for the stolen Metroid, the Galactic Federation locates the Space Pirates base on, of operation on planet Zebes. The Federation assaults the planet, but the pirates resist, forcing the Federation to retreat. As a last resort, the Federation decides to send a lone bounty hunter to penetrate the pirates' base and destroy Mother Brain, the biomechanical life form that controls the Space Pirates' fortress and its defenses. Considered the greatest of all the bounty hunters, Samus Aran, is chosen for the mission. Samus lands on the surface of Zeebs and explores the planet, traveling through the planet's caverns. She eventually comes across Kraid, an ally of the Space Pirates, and Ridley, the Space Pirates' commander, and defeats them both. Eventually, Samus finds and destroys Mother Brain. She then places a time bomb set for 99 seconds and escapes the collapsing lair. All right. So that is the whole story of Metroid. As you explore, you find many upgrades to your health. Uh, those would be energy tanks and missile upgrades. Those are just standard missile upgrades. They give you five more missiles. You start out with five at the beginning, and every time you find a little pack, it goes into 10, 15, 20, and so on. This game is a huge maze. Uh, in one of the descriptions I've read online, it actually says the planet Zebes is a natural maze, and that's why the space pirates uh, landed there makes total sense like walking around there without a map i do have to tell you i used a walkthrough i used a map made the game a little bit easier for myself i kind of knew where i was going i could kind of figure out where i was going uh it took me two hours or so to beat the game if not it would have taken me easily eight i could have spent days and days walking around here i don't know what that's called when you have to kind of design or build that spill the map in your head so understand so when you move to a new city going and driving around eventually you figure out the city and it seems like second nature you would have to do that in this game and it would take a good while very unlike seen in other games at the time most of them are very linear adventures so very groundbreaking in that sense most of the enemies in this game are environmental enemies so they look like they're little worms coming out of the ceiling they're little bugs i don't think those are space pirates i think those are just the natural defenses of the planet zebes you first start off in brinstar you're in a room 
your natural progression as a gamer at the time, you run right. You run right, you get to a door, you go through it, and you find a big cavern where there's a little tiny slot that you can't get through. What do you do? You start moving left. You've never seen that. You've never seen that in uh, Donkey Kong games or any of those games that kind of scroll to the side. It's typically you walk forward, and that's it. That's how you progress, especially if you're a kid that grew up in the arcades. Most of those adventures move one way. It's not you going back. So this is revolutionary, what you're about to do. You move left. You get back to that first platform where you entered. You jump over the structure and you get the morph ball. This allows you to roll into a little tiny ball and move over or move through little pipes. So that pipe that we saw on the right, we move through there. In Brinstar, we acquire the power bombs, which is a kind of an attack for the morph ball, ice beams, which freeze enemies, and the various suit which just upgrades our uh, defense and allows us to go into a more of like a heat lava area. From there, we can backtrack more to the beginning, uh, so even just a couple screens over from where we start, and we go into Kraid's hideout. So we can drop down through the map. Uh, while using the map as the walkthrough, I, I was trying not to cheat too much and use kind of the word-by-word, -word, the step-by-step -step process. I found what looked like Kraid on the map. I went to him, beat him up, actually carried on with the game, uh, went through the next couple areas, ended up at the end unable to go anywhere. And when I looked back at the map, I realized this is a fake crate. Uh, so they, what the designers did was they made a real crate and a freak crate. It's an interesting concept at the time. Uh, there's not a lot of uh, not literature out there that was released from the game designers why this was here. Honestly, might have just been for myself if I'm using a map or I'm just exploring and I find one of these kind of these little mini bosses of a big boss, if you want to call them, to just waste your time. Uh, it's a huge troll. I applaud the producers for what they did. Uh, it's great there. So doubling back and or if you're smart and read a walkthrough or actually see what the, where the real crate is you can go and fight him. Uh, this guy, you can just basically just kind of stand in front of him stand in front of him, pump him full of lead. You can spend the time dodging the attacks. I, I didn't spend a lot of time collecting upgrades, and I beat him with no problem. Uh, he's kind of a wimp. Him and Ridley, if you've played any other games in the series, are these big, monstrous creatures. In this game, they're the same size as you. It's kind of ridiculous in a sense. From there, the only thing you can acquire is there's an energy tank once he is beaten. And with now the fact that Kraid, the real Kraid, not that fake guy, they're both dead. Awesome. Let's move on to Norfair. In this area, we're going to collect the high jump boots, which make us jump higher. The wave beam, which is way more powerful than the ice beam attack. And the screw attack. With these new attacks, uh, we're going to be a little bit more powerful. And we're going to have the ability to go and fight Ridley. Now, the reason I say more powerful is on the way we're picking up a couple more energy tanks. Lots more missile upgrades. As you're exploring, you're picking them up like crazy. And you need them. Because the next... Next, once you get that screw attack, uh, our next destination is to get to Ridley and fight him. He's, I mean, like I said, he's kind of a wimp like Kraid. He looks kind of simple. I think the 3D, 3DS copy that I have, there's a cheat. So I went and I crouched in one of the corners of the room, pulled all my missiles, shot him. He didn't hurt me. All of his attacks miss. 
I believe this is fixed in subsequent copies. So if you're playing the Game Boy Advanced release, I really thought the e, uh, the eShop release would have been like this too, because I know the original game had this uh, cheat or glitch, I guess as you want to call it as well. Uh, but for the most part, it's great. Uh, I was able to beat him. Uh, and then from there, you want to make your way into, it's one of the first rooms. It's this long kind of shaft area. Turn off screw attack, otherwise you're going to hate yourself. There's these weird little... I don't know, floating space called manatees? Sea manatees. They float back and forth forever. Their existence sucks. If you use your ice beams on them, they freeze. You can jump on top of them. You've made a platform. If you make your way all the way to the top of this room, which I did the first time I played, you get to what I would call the map room. There's a little statue of Ridley and Crate in this room and a big scary door. If... If you've both defeated Kraid and Ridley, you can walk up to it. It's going to raise the statues up, uh, create a little bridge for your morph ball to go around, and then you can go through the door. If not, let's say you just beat Kraid, you get to that room, you discover it, you would notice the statue would come up. It would kind of give you that, hey, you have to go beat this other guy before you can continue. Kind of neat. Uh, I call it a map room, quote-unquote, because it's really not a map room. I mean, again, if you're lost and you're a kid and you have no idea what you're doing and it's the 80s and your parents are on coke and you're just sitting in your room by yourself scared to death and you had lots of time this would be a great time waster this would be the best $40 you ever stole out of your mom's purse not that I'm condoling stealing uh, and that once we leave this room we move on to Torian this is the final area of the room uh, the final area of the game and this is where we're going to actually meet the Metroids for the first time these guys suck the way to kill them is freeze them and then hit them with about five missiles. They will drop a missile uh, refill, so it's not like you're running out of ammo while fighting them. If they latch onto you, you do need to go into the morph ball and use your super bombs to get them off of you and freeze them instantly. <sighs> this part sucks. I died a couple times here just by, uh, before I even got to the main boss. It's just, they're silly. Like, everything else in the game, these little flies that you're going through, most of it is, uh, can you make this tough jump? Can you freeze the little space manatee? These little, uh, can you get the little bugs that fly after you probably up until this point you haven't had any real problems until the metroids definitely tough which makes sense i mean they are the namesake of the game at the end of the section you do have the encounter with mother brain this boss is ridiculously tough i don't know if i can do it justice to be honest with you i almost would recommend going and watching a video online of just the mother brain fight there's so many little things coming after you there's these little gates that if you don't shoot enough they uh, How do I explain it? As you shoot them, there's a little bar and the bar will shrink. When the bar is gone, you can move through this to the next section. If for some reason the little donuts that get shot at you knock you off, you screw around, you get hurt enough, the little bar will actually grow and increase. And there's a chance you might just waste all your missiles and you won't get through a single door. There's about three of these until you get to Mother Brain. The process there then is shoot the glass. There's kind of a weird glitchy thing I found right in front of her where if you can kind of break the glass that the, the brain is encased in, jump, you will get hit. But if you can spam the missile button enough, you will actually win and defeat her. Hooray! And unlike most games, you beat the final boss. Dun, 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 dun. Congratulations. This game goes, dun, dun. oh yeah, by the way, you just set a bomb, run. There's a final dash to the ending. So you get through a door and then it's just a long climb up this uh, ladder to the end. You get 999 seconds. That's not real time. It's like game time. It's like 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Kind of at that speed. So it's not a lot of time. Um, I might have used a save state 
on the 3DS at this point, and I definitely died once, because there's this one stupid little jump where I was going to high, I don't know, maybe I should have turned off the high jump boots, but it was quite difficult. This game's also unique in the fact that it offers five different endings. So the first ending is, if it takes you more than 10 hours to beat this game, it'll be a screen of Samus sitting there, her back's to you, and she's giving you a kind of a wave as a, thanks for playing, you suck, buddy. The second ending, anywhere between 5 to 10 hours of completion, will have Samus turning around, actually acknowledging you and waving at you. If you could beat it in under 5 hours, uh, but more than 3, so 3 to 5 hours, Samus takes off her helmet, revealing the fact that she's a woman and waves. If you could beat the game at 1 to 3 hours, Samus takes off her suit and she's sitting in kind of a like a one-piece one swimsuit. And if you can beat the game in less than one hour, she is in a bikini. You get some 8-bit boobies. Pretty exciting. And, you know, 86 to see that kind of action on your TV. It's... Oof, let me tell you, it's, it's getting hot just thinking about it. Uh, the one thing that I've read online that I've tried to do myself, it's impossible to do that less than one hour the first time through. Now, at the end screen, if you press start, you restart the game. So you're back in that very first room where you kind of come down the elevator and you have to move to the left to get the morph ball, but you have all the items with you. So all the, yes, all the items. So you've got the wave beam, you've got the uh, long beam, you've got the jumpsuit, the various suit, except you don't have missile and health upgrades. So depending how, what your play style looks like, it might be uh, quite difficult for you in that sense. So that is basically my experience with Metroid this time. I want to have kind of a nostalgic kind of review and say, hey, what were your first memories of this game, guest? Wow, thank you, host. I don't have any memories of this game. Playing this on my 3DS was the very first time I ever touched it. I think I've watched a walkthrough on YouTube before. Um, I don't have any recollection about this. Uh, we had didn't actually never own an NES. Uh, my babysitter had one. Lots of the games that I'll be talking about, I'll be saying, I played them at my babysitter. I played them at my uncle's. We Our family never owned an NES. We did have a Super Nintendo, uh, but most of these games kind of eluded me. I do remember Metroid being a girl as a thing that I knew. In Smash Brothers, where you see Samus, that was probably the first title I saw, or like the big title that I kind of remember seeing her. I remember thinking, oh yeah, that's a girl. Uh, it's Metroid, because that was her name. It wasn't Samus. It was, hey look, there's Metroid. She's a girl. I don't know where that came from. I probably, I'm thinking probably some kids in the neighborhood at the time uh, told me this, or I had like a Nintendo power that kind of revealed that. It's very scandalous. I mean, the boys didn't want to play as a girl. I wonder if that's why I didn't play Metroid. I wonder if that had any influence. Like, I almost think the fact that there was that female... I was a very mach uh, male machauvinistic kid at the time, apparently, and uh, my characters needed dicks. If you didn't have that, I was like, dude, I'm not playing as you. Come on, like, I, I got a PP, you got a PP. We can now match up our PP. We have PP power. Oh my god, that's, that's like the P-Wings in Super Mario Brothers. Cool. My current thoughts of the game, I beat the game in just over two hours with help of the map. So I got the Samus taking off her suit ending, not to brag, I guess. Uh, I guess other thoughts I, I just kind of wrote down as I was my playing. This place is a maze. I have that like repeatedly. I've drawn little uh, on my note page, little maps of mazes. It's, it's crazy. Like I said, if I had all the time in the world and didn't have a job and didn't have responsibilities and didn't have uh, friends and other commitments... I could have played this game for probably like two days straight just to run a bunch of a TV show on Netflix and just sat there and powered through it. it. Would have been great. Don't have those luxuries anymore. 
Hence, maps and walkthroughs are my friends. Uh, the game has very solid mechanics, uh, jumping, shooting, crouching. That's kind of all you get, but it all feels excellent. The controls are very tight. At no point do you ever feel cheated, and you're like, oh, I can't make this jump because the controls suck. It's it's your fault. If you can't do something, it's on you. It's not on the, the game developers. It, it, and it's a very tough game. Uh, I guess I should, should finish just by saying that. Uh, it's an extremely tough game. Um, I'd like to applaud All of those 80s kids out there that spent the time and actually beat this legit, no cheats. Uh, they took that, you know, that two, three days to power through this game. Congratulations. Uh, oh, I guess I should say, if you die, there is a password system, so that's how your game gets restored. There was no save features, so it was one of those games. So again, those 80 kids that played the game died wrote down your 16-digit passcode, inputted it, kept playing, had to go to bed, wrote down the passcode, kept playing the next day. Uh, probably some of them, like, you hear stories of these guys, like, would play before school. That's such a crazy concept to me. Like, I wake up, will eat breakfast, and go to work, and then come home. But there are some kids out there that will wake up for a couple hours, play games, then go to school. How <sighs> to be young and have energy. Uh, so those were my thoughts on the game Metroid. Hopefully you found this somewhat insightful. Uh, talking to yourself is extremely difficult. This this podcast, I would say, is probably going to be the most difficult to do. Talking to yourself, you don't like. There's there's really nothing to throw off of. Uh, I had a very comprehensive note page that I worked through here. It hopefully, it wasn't too bad. I mean, it can't get any worse only better from here and when i have someone to talk to it'll be a bit more of a conversation i'm sure there'll be tangents we can work through so we'll have lots of fun in that sense and yeah thanks for listening guys it was great and up next time what we'll have for you is we'll be playing through the super mario brothers trilogy i'm gonna do all three games at once uh there's a very specific reason uh, kind of a game came out last year that makes them almost a necessity to look at at one so yeah we'll have that i will have a guest on we'll have lots of fun see you then Thanks for listening. You can contact Podtendo on Twitter at Podtendo Podcast or email us at podtendo.com.